This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's William Tincup, and you're listening to Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Steve on from HQO, and our topic today is what companies are getting wrong about the return to office. Um, so we're going to have a really fun conversation. It's a great topic. Steve, would you do us the honor and introduce both yourself and the good work that you're doing at HQO? Sure. So um, my name is Steve Robbins. I'm director of product marketing here at HQO. And my whole job is really to understand how people are using our technology and what are the different challenges out in the marketplace. And so here at HQO, we provide a workplace experience platform that includes an app analytics and an admin interface that helps companies to manage all of it. The app is used by over 7,500 different companies including um, 57% of the Fortune 100. And the people at those companies are getting our app either from their landlords or increasingly from their companies. Um, Historically, we sold to landlords, but more and more companies are coming to us and saying that, hey, you know what? We need to get people back in the office. You have great experience with this for landlords. Could you do the same thing for us? And so we've gotten a lot of interest from uh, different employers, especially some Fortune 20 companies. Been around since 2018, ranked 75 on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies. Man, that's uh, there's a bunch to unpack there. <laughs> we'll have to do a use case podcast, and because I want to get right. into the tech at one point. Uh, but for today, let's go through the you know some of the the hierarchy, uh, what the Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of needs. <laughs> what what is what are they, you know, when we say they're getting it wrong, we're, we're just a little bit tongue in cheek, right? But it's, but it's also, there's some basic things that you just, you found through this experience that, okay, it, the return to 2019, first of all, 2019 wasn't that great. So <laughs> right. like this, like this, this pie pine for going back to 2019, like, okay, let's stop that. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So you're the expert here. What what let's let's take the audience into what are they getting wrong that they could easily get right? Okay. Well, so the, the big thing that's happening is that a lot of companies think about their offices more as people warehouses with, you know, think of cube farms that just go on and on and on, you know, soulless, <laughs> lifeless, you know, people toiling away by themselves. They tend to think about their office that way. And they also think, you know what, I'm the employer. If I say you should be in the office, you should be in the office. Right. And employees are saying, you know what? I don't have to be in the office because there's a lot of other jobs out there. And I've already proven to you that I can do my job pretty well if I work at home. Right. Um, and so we've done it. We've actually done a lot of research around this. And one of the things that we found is that a lot of companies just, they're very focused. And, and by the way, this is from research. This is from right. participating in different you know calls with prospective customers and customers. Again and again, we hear the themes that people are just saying, yeah, you should come back to the office. And then they focus on um, like the kind of the mechanics of what's going to happen once you're back in the office. Like if you're in the office, you must need a place to sit. So we're going to give you desk booking software and that magically will solve all problems. Right. And the problem is 
It doesn't. So people, people are really, they're kind of trying to figure out how do we bring people back in the office? And a lot of companies are really struggling and they, they just haven't cracked the code. But I've got some ideas I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing with you. So, so one of the things that's really interesting that I've I've been talking with people is it's uh, it's almost like one of the things we've all learned through. And again, we're dealing with knowledge workers, right? If you're a cashier, sure. okay, at a bank or a bank teller, like okay, that's a different bit. But with knowledge workers, um, that, that there's now kind of a a real need and a desire around flexibility. Right. That okay, okay. That we've proven that I can do the director of demand gen from you know Utah okay. or whatever. Okay. Right. But but also it's just equally as important that there's a whole host of people that love the office that want to go to the office. They want to get out of their house, right. and so they they want that flexibility. Now, how do we make that that experience? Because you you know you deal with workplace experience. How do we make their experience at work where they thrive? How do we make that better? Right. So there are actually a couple of elements to this. And and by the way, too, one of the things I have to share this statistic that was really interesting to me. We did a study earlier in the year and we found that people view flexibility. Employees look at flexibility on par with salary benefits, wellness benefits specifically, um, all of that stuff they look at about the same. So they're demanding that flexibility. And I think a part of it is Instead of, we need to think about the person that's coming to the office in a different way. They are no longer the person that is always in the same place that knows where everything is. We need to kind of, we need to sort of cocoon them a little more. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but rather, yeah. you know, like a, like, you know, in a homey way and in a supportive way. So part of that is by, by making it easier to be in the office. So how do you do that? Well, one thing that you can do is, um, what, what's happened during the pandemic is the typical approach of a company is to say, well, you know what, if you need to book a desk, we're going to give you a desk booking app. Or, And while you're here, you maybe you'll want to order food, so we'll give you a food ordering app. And, and what ends up happening is employees get overloaded and overwhelmed with a bunch of apps that they don't end up using. And then right. the right. company, they, the employees can't figure out how to go and do something because there are all these different places they've got to go. They're confused. They're unhappy. What was supposed to make things easier actually is is creating more friction. And so part of the solution there is kind of simple. Instead of having people go to lots of different places to find things, centralize everything into a single mobile app and do it in a mobile app primarily because the mobile app goes wherever you are. You know, we've right. all, all got our phones, whether we're whether we're on the way to lunch or we're in the office, we're going to a meeting, we're sitting at home, we're about to eat dinner, um, hopefully not during dinner. Um, but you know, we've, we've got our phones with us all the time. So it's a good way to keep on top of things. So centralize everything into a single app on the phone so that now employees can go and do everything they need to do in one place. And as an employer, instead of getting people, instead of sending people to different apps, now you can promote a single app you put a lot of effort into that. And every time somebody goes into the app, there's an opportunity for a serendipitous discovery, which is to say, if I go to reserve a conference room, I might realize, oh my gosh, there's a there's a happy hour going on tomorrow. And that's a reason to be in the office. So I'm going to sign up for that. Um, whereas if everything is disparate, you know, there's less chance that you're going to notice it. So remove the friction, put everything together. Um, make it easy for people to go and do the stuff they need to do 
effectively so that they can spend less time figuring out how and where to work and more time just doing the work. And I'm not saying that you have to be a taskmaster as an employer, but don't waste people's time with things they don't need. Let them let them spend time on things that are important. So that's that's one element of of what you of what employers can do. I've got some other ideas too. Sure. What's what's your take between the experience and 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 culture? Because it used to be kind of easy, or at least we thought it was easy. The right. box, you know, the box sure. was culture. So if you went to the box, or not if you went to the box. And and the culture was there. You had massages. You had food delivered. You, you went to the <laughs> right. baseball games. Like that was cool. You went out to the bars. All that stuff. Went to dinner. Like that was the uh, basically what we thought culture, corporate culture was. Well, you know, we we now have kind of reevaluated. You know, we're reevaluating that thought. What's what are you looking at? What are you seeing from your clients in terms of? Um, that kind of the experience that a, that a, that an employee needs to have, and their culture, what they what they perceive or what they market as their culture, right? And that you know what when we're when we're talking to our you know prospective clients, that's one of the biggest questions that they've got is, oh my gosh, people aren't in the office. It used to be that you know the culture was partly the people and the experiences they had. And now everybody's all over the place. How do we how do we make sure that the culture is present in what we do? Because we our culture is important to us. It's it's part of the reason why people come to work at our company. And, and at HQO, for example, that we have very clear cultural values and, and we want to make sure everybody knows them and, and lives those values. So the the way that you can do that is it's the culture still there, but now you've got to make you've got to do you've got to be more deliberate about how you convey the cult, the message of your culture. So for example, it might be that, um, you know, like maybe if like an easy example would be if ESG is really important to your company's culture and giving back to the community is really critical. You want to make sure that you set up opportunities for people to, to do that, you know, to give back. Right. And, Part of the reason why I was talking about pulling everything together in, a, in an app is that, that that app, like for example, the HQO Workplace Experience app, and I'm not really here to talk about us, but more the, yeah, yeah. the problems that people are, are dealing with. That app can help people to, like you could promote an event, you could send alerts to people uh, that are going to pop up in their smartphone that say, hey, we've got a great ESG event coming up where we're going to be planting trees in a disadvantaged area um, that's five miles from our office. Would you like to show up? And you can get them to sign up. You can also track how many people actually signed up so you can see how effective these things are. But the great thing is that that you can, there are actually ways that you can convey the culture, but it's not going to be the way that it used to be. It's not just going to be by people, people being friendly to each other in the hallway or, um, you know, some of the things that we we used to do with culture. Now you have to be much more deliberate. It's It's like, in many ways, all of this is about being deliberate. And so, you know, you want to be conveying the culture through what you do and what you say. And so the what you do can be activities that you're promoting or, you know, happy hours or, you know, collaboration or hackathons or things like that. Um, but it can also be conveyed in the way that in the ways that you communicate with people. So what is your tone of voice? How do you talk about things? 
Um, even even branding and look and feel can play into how you convey your culture. Is it is it playful? Is it serious? Um, and there is no right or wrong. It's really whatever the goal here is to con- whatever your culture is to convey that out to your employees. And the good news is that there are actually the, there are opportunities to continue to do that. You can you can be encouraging people to come back into the office and attending events and participating in things. You can help people to collaborate and make new ways. Um, and you can also communicate with people even when they're not in the office. Right. So again, using that app as an example, the app can be a way for people to get those same alerts about like, for example, you know, maybe um, this isn't directly culture, but your reviews, you know, reviews are due tomorrow. Make sure that you, you submit yours through the, the HR portal, things like that. So you can you can actually be communicating with people on an ongoing basis, have a relationship with them as a company and convey that culture, no matter, no matter whether they're in a coffee shop at home, in the office, in a meeting room. Um, you can, there are lots of different ways that you can convey that. And I'm just, I mean, I'm I'm just scratching the surface. But what, just, I, what yeah. I love about this is it's also in the communications layer, you can there's a little bit of FOMO. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That's kind of baked in there. It's just like, here's what's going on. You know, like we're having a, a scotch tasting deal after work or whatever the bid is. And again, you're not forcing people. You're right. just communicating this is happening. And if you want to RSVP to it, great. If you don't, great. Um, right. But you got me thinking about um, kind of, the, it doesn't seem like outs, outside of, because we are talking about HQO and, and we should because it's actually you're doing some really, really great work. Um, it doesn't seem to me that there's a cookie cutter approach. And so far as you could just kind of go from one company and it's going to work, you know, it, each company that there's got to be some slight modifications or personalization, maybe that's a customization or configuration, but maybe each employee population needs a li- something a little bit different. I might have that wrong. No, I, I think, well, you're right. I mean, actually, the cool thing about technology nowadays is that it can actually help you to to serve micro audiences really effectively and also to serve larger audiences mm. at scale. And so what I mean by that is like, if we're talking about culture, um, like for example, I'll give you, like this is really exciting at HQO. So just just last week, we rolled out the latest version of our product to all of our employees. And we set up, um, the way that we set it up is that there are some common elements that are that everybody sees, but then there are other aspects that are that are specific to different locations. We've got people, I mean, I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, but we've got people in London, all across the United States, Paris, Amsterdam, um, other European locations as well. And so instead of taking a cookie cutter approach, we we were able to tailor the content to each audience. So they're, they're seeing things that are relevant to them that they care about. And the significant the reason that matters is if I care about something, I'm more likely to read it. Mm. If I don't, you know, if I don't really care what's happening in Amsterdam, but that's not true. I do care. But if I didn't care, I don't want to read about it. And right, right. so so you can you can actually tailor. You can tailor the experience to people. Oh, that's cool. But you can do it. You can do it at scale. Oh, I love that. Do you do you now, or do you see it in the future kind of a recommendation engine where it serves up based on based on based on things that they've already kind of selected that they like and, and communications that they're interested in? Does do you see in the now or in the future kind of the 
like with Netflix, you know, if, if you like this TV show, <laughs> like we know what we know what you're uh, what you're responding to, right, right, right. I, you know what? I think that's definitely a possibility. I mean, what what we can already do is, um, if you are an administrator, like say you're a workplace experience manager in your office, you can actually be setting up different different audiences. So think of them as they're sort of like mailing lists, except that people aren't getting emails, they're getting information served up to them right within the context of the app. And so for people like that, you know, like, let's say that you've got a new moms group or um, an LGBTQ group or, you know, a group for folks that are BIPOC or identify as BIPOC, you can, you can set up different groups and set up, send specific content to that group. And the difference here is the content isn't going out through email that you're going to ignore. It's either going out through alerts or it's just showing up in a feed that actually looks more like reading a magazine or a newspaper on a website than it does, you know, an app. Like it's, it's meant to be very friendly and easy. And so I think when you take that approach, that's a great way to, to really customize at scale. And I could, you know, I could certainly see taking what people are doing and, and coming up with automated recommendations. I could see how that would be a possibility. But already we would be able to know, like if you attended a, an event, we could send you a survey based on your experience there and get, you know, get feedback about about that experience. So, so yeah, there, there so ways. Every, we, so every day we read. Uh, it, you know, we're reading the papers or whatever we are. We get news about companies that are uh, kind of forcing people. Uh, well, you could use different language, of course, but basically, it's you know the office, uh, and you, you either work here in the office or you, or you don't work here. Um, outside of maybe the, that could be a great strategy, or or that could be kind of a failed bit. You know, each company is going to come to that on their own, but. What is like the, the single biggest, uh, maybe not fail, but like where where people just wildly miss uh, as it relates to return to office? Like, what's that? What's that one thing if you had a magic wand that you could just fix for people? Well, I think, I mean, the thing that seems to that I think people are are missing out on the number one thing is the experience in the office, and mm-hmm. and by experience, what I mean is. I'm not so I've already talked about how you can remove friction. Right. But what I'm talking about is what is it that not only removes friction but makes people say, "Wow, I want to be in the office." And I know that sounds crazy like you know, it's like, "Wow, I want to go to work. I want to be, you know, working hard and thinking and, you know." Right, right, right. But, but actually, I think most of us most of us do want to do that. And the question then becomes, where do we want to do that? And so the opportunity is for companies to it, to rethink the office. So it's it's not a warehouse, it's not a barn, but rather it should be a destination. Like what makes a destination? A destination is a place that's that's fun. It has interesting things to do. Um, maybe it's convenient, like it's got, you know, convenient services, like you could do maybe, you know, dry cleaning pickup or manicures on site. Maybe it's got great opportunities to socialize. Maybe it's got programs that are ongoing so that you know that, you know, like if you've got, like, say, if you're trying to cook more in a more healthy manner, we've got cooking classes that are taking class that are taking place um, on a weekly basis. Or there's, you know, I, I mentioned a happy hour, but it could be all sorts of different things that bring people back into the office. And they can be, they could be easy things. They could be more complicated. They could be smaller groups, bigger groups. But what it what it fundamentally starts to do is to 
to really connect the connect people to each other right uh, through kind of this sort of a, a social infrastructure so you know using like an app as a way to as a a way to connect people and connect connecting people to each other connecting people to the company connecting people to their work it it can be done but it's not it's not just something it can't be done by commanding people it happens by by making the thinking of the workplace as a destination and it it has to be something that's ongoing it's not just a it's not a one off thing and it's, it's not a, about having it's a relentless work. pursuit of that kind of creating that experience i love how you said it's the destination and that's in the destination has to be Ex- the experience has to be interesting and compelling and right. that's what will get people to work but this has been an, an absolute fantastic conversation steve thank you so much for your time and wisdom this has been wonderful well thank you so much for having me really appreciate it absolutely thanks for everyone listening to the recruiting daily podcast until next time you've been listening to the recruiting live podcast by recruiting daily Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.